everybody welcome back to another episode of quick time the podcast i'm brandon anderson and once again i'm joined by jason or jason how's your week going doing good a good stormy evening from lincoln everybody yeah it's definitely a little uh weather delay we might be if we were actually at a racetrack tonight uh winds are picking up pretty good and rain's starting to pour down yeah you know hey but you know what this weekend uh looks like a nice weekend so I'm hoping for and and less less heat too. Yes, less heat's definitely a plus because last weekend at the track it was uh, kind of brutal out, and we actually were at the racetrack and once again. Eagle Raceway finally opened up. Uh, Stu Snyder picked off the victory, and I didn't think we were going to have it on a repeat guest already. But with two wins tonight or this past weekend, uh, Stu's going to join us again tonight. Well, I think it's definitely worth some uh, somebody worth talking to. The guy has been on absolute tear lately. Yeah, that is for sure. So he picked up the win at Eagle Saturday night, and then at uh, Denison and uh, the Cropper County Speedway in Denison, Iowa, he also picked up a victory there too. It was it was good racing. Uh, I watched the uh, show out at Eagle. I caught the pay per view stream. Um, there were some technical glitches, but you know it was something that they it's uh, has, has, you know Eagle Raceway said that they're going to start working out. And uh, they they had some issues early on. It was it was tough, but the rest of it was good. And the A feature was fantastic. I watched uh, three A features. I caught the uh, Outlaw feature, the Eagle Raceway feature, and the Knoxville A feature. And I will say this: that the Eagle Raceway 305 feature was was the best of it uh, by far. Well, the Outlaw feature was all right, but Brett's week kind of had him covered. Yeah, with the, with all the streaming going on, I mean, it's, it's great that you can actually watch three different races from three different parts of the country all on the same night. It's an amazing thing. Uh, we, we don't know how good we have it anymore. You know, don't have to wait to uh, read about it in speed sport, you know, a week later. Yeah, that's for sure. And then, you know, or even catch a uh, tape delay broadcast like they used to do with the outlaws on the outdoor channel or on speed or whatever, when they had the TV contract with those guys. Oh yeah. I remember those days. Yes. TNN. I, I, TNN. I, I TNN still is by far the best live broadcast of an outlaw race i've ever seen steve evans and brock yates brad Doty in my day and steve evans also so yeah i miss steve evans yes and uh you mentioned the eagle broadcast a little bit there were some technical technical difficulties but uh you know they threw that thing together at the last minute for the fans that couldn't get tickets because they were limited on the tickets they could sell and i i think overall from the videos that i caught they did a pretty good job yeah it was you know like i said uh they they addressed the issue with the, the stream pretty early. Uh, the sound was pretty good all night, so that was always good. But um, And then toward the end of the feature, it started getting a little choppy again. But, again, they, they said, hey, there's things that they can look at to improve it. Uh, you know, I at first when it was kind of running really bad, I thought, okay, well, all right. I guess it didn't work. Okay, here, here's my uh, $16 donation to the Eagle Raceway Fund. You know, so I didn't feel too bad about it. But, um but after that, it was fine and, and watched a great feature at the end. So that's what counted. Had saw somebody complain about the price. I'm like, dude, for 16 bucks, that's a steal. Yeah, for 16 bucks. I mean, that was a dollar more than your grandstand ticket where if you look at, you know, the single race options for like 
like a dirt vision or speed shift or anything like that, you're looking at 25, 30 bucks. Yeah. I mean, even IMCA TV, the guys that do the weekly races, it's a minimum of 20. So yeah. it, it was a heck of a deal. And I'm glad to hear that they're doing it again this week. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully that's something they'll, you know, continue to grow on and possibly continue the entire year and in even next year. I think that's a fantastic deal. I've always been a big uh, advocate of bringing in that for a revenue stream. Uh, I think it's just a untapped potential. And you're seeing so many tracks now that are starting to put their weekly races online. And I think it's nothing but good for the track and, and for the drivers too. And I know, I know back when the whole internet streaming thing started off, you would hear promoters saying, well, that's going to hurt my front gate a little bit, but I don't think it really hurts the front gate anymore. And if you're still concerned about like the front gate being hurt, I mean, you can always put a blackout on these things. If you're within, you know, 30 miles of a racetrack or two hours of a racetrack, whatever you want your blackout to be, you can still add that with the technology going on today. Absolutely. And, you know, or if you want to say, you know, wait until the next day or whatever to put it out there or something along those lines. I mean, that's fine. And I don't, you know, I think when we had the track, we ran, when I was working for it, I wouldn't say had it, but was, we found that most, that the diehards, the guys that were there three, four times a month, that was maybe 15, 20% of people. Most people were there about half the time. And I think what, if you give somebody an option to say, well, I don't feel like going out or, you know, it, it can be kind of expensive for a family. You know, if you're getting three or four guys out there, you know, your family out there, 50, 60 bucks and the concessions. But if you can say, hey, you know what, for 16 bucks, I can still participate and be part of it. I, it's, it's money that otherwise would have been lost. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that guy that's going to spend, not go to the track, but he'll spend $16 on the live stream. He wasn't going to go to the track to begin with. No. So you're not you're not you're not missing that front gate money, but you are picking it up on the back end with the live stream. And you know the thing like Eagle, Eagle's got such a name around the country. And you know, if and you're putting on a good show and you've had you you know, it's the home of the race saver nationals. And so you've you've got that element in there too. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not putting it up there with like Knoxville and all those places, but I'm just saying it's a if you're putting on a good show, which this a feature, and we'll talk about that, was a fantastic show. You're going to get people from outside, you know, the country watching. I've, I I watched, you know, shows from Pennsylvania or, you know, wherever they may be, Attica, Ohio. So it's, um, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, for sure. And you know, like you said, you watch the features from Attica or whatever. That's one thing I really like about with the float racing subscription. You get all sorts of stuff. You just don't get the all-stars. You don't get USAC. You get Eldora. You get tracks out in California. And yeah, I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm not going to go out to California on a weekly show and watch it, but I have the opportunity now with these live streams to sit back and watch them racing from all over the country. You know, and the flow production too uh, is really impressive. I mean, they do a good job with the graphics, the sound, the commercials, you know, all the, they, they've got together with USAC and really put a, prof a professional quality broadcast together. And I was, I was really pleased with, with the performance of, of flow and what they get on there. And if you want to watch USAC, I mean, if you're looking still, you know, your NASCAR stars are still coming from here. So it's good to see, it's good to see that stuff uh, online. You can watch whenever you want. Yeah. And definitely. And with flow, you, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, you have the all-stars and the all-stars are on a Midwest swing right now. The thunder through the plains, Unfortunately, they're not stopping here in Nebraska like they used to. I think the last time they were here was uh, the Dale Blaney days. Yeah. When he was laying the smackdown on, on everybody and anybody that competed with them. Yeah, that, I, I miss that. That was fun because they, um, back in the day, they used to tie that in with the NCRA 410s. And so you had some really, really powerhouse fields. And it was, it was a lot of fun. It was fun. You know, it was new for them. 
to because they hadn't they don't really come out that far west and it was fun for us because you didn't know it was a lot of guys that you didn't race before yeah for sure and, and like i said for the fans it's a lot of guys you don't get to see that often and uh speaking of the all-stars once again kyle larson's is the dale blaney right now he's laying the smack on everybody oh you know um i was <laughs> uh, my son was sitting there going well why is kyle larson with the all-stars not the outlaws and i'm like well, guess who owns a NASCAR team <laughs> and who runs the All-Stars? That's right. Mr. Tony Stewart, smoke <laughs> yeah. himself. But, that, you know, that, I took my tinfoil hat off for, you know, I'll put it on for just a little bit. But I, I said, you know, it's just a good, it's good deal for him. And, uh, and it's not like the All-Stars are exactly, uh, the All-Stars are tough. That's, that's what I was trying to say. You know, this isn't a, a second-rate series by any means. No, it's not like what it used to be. Like, when it was the Dale Blaney show, that's pretty much who showed up, who's going to win is Dale Blaney. Yeah. But you now know. you guys got you got Larson running with them. You got Reitzel. You got Dietrich. These are guys Fed that wise. can win. Yeah. Any, any one of these go. guys can win any, mm -hmm. any night of the week. Yeah. So the All-Star and that, uh, where was it? The race, I want to say Red. Uh, Red Dirt Raceway. Red Beaker, Dirt Raceway. Oklahoma, owned by Cody Brewer, who is actually promoting a USAC race. And Ferryberry, Nebraska, at the Jefferson County Speedway in July. So let's uh, make sure you guys check that out. That feature was just phenomenal. I mean, yeah. it, it was amazing. All the features lately, with the accession of 81 Speedway, have been really, really good. Yeah, they have. And that's, but that's the quality of, you know, quality of competition in the All-Stars. And, you know, you say, oh, well, you know, Kyle Larson went, yeah. But like I said, maybe except for 81, they, they weren't easy. No, definitely not. He had to work for it. Reisel was knocking on his door the entire time. Yeah, it's 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 a great series. Tony Stewart's really building up something there. All right, well, we'll switch gears a little bit and bring it back to Nebraska. Um, I-80 Speedway, they're going to open up their weekly program this Friday. Uh, if you're a NASCAR stock car fan, that's going to be the place to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially, you know, the stock cars, late models, you know, everybody that hasn't run yet around here, you know, mostly kind of open-wheel stuff and hobby stocks around here, but it's – and – uh, limited fans encouraging online ticket sales. They have forms online, uh, pit passes and tickets, and they are pushing hard to. Uh, they they will probably sell out this week. Yeah, I, I see no reason why they won't sell out. And uh, speaking of late models, uh, I want to give a little thoughts and prayers. I'm not very a uh, religious guy, but uh, Andrew Kaczynski, he's sidelined a little bit. He has the COVID nineteen uh, virus right now, so uh, we're thinking about him. Hope he recovers. Yeah, you know, hospital stay. And, I, and um, you know, we had another person in our community, uh, Steve Grossbacher. Yeah, Steve. I, I heard he spent like 11 days in 11 the 11 days, you know. And uh, for those, you know, my age member when he was driving and racing and, of course, father Trevor Grossbacher. And, uh, you know, he put a heartfelt post out there. You know, this is serious stuff. Yeah. And I think that's why we're doing the distancing we're doing because it, it can hit people really, really hard. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's out there, but it, it does sneak up on people. So, uh we're hoping those everybody who has it, you know, makes a full recovery, and we're th we're thinking about those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Beatrice opening up on yep. the 19th, and yep. uh, they're getting going, and uh, Norfolk is up and running. But unfortunately, um, we're gonna won't be able to see the uh, 360s, Nebraska 360s, with the MSTS 360s. Uh, current restrictions on crowd. Um, the promoter just announced that they they just can make that show work with. With such limits on the yeah with, with the bigger purses like with the 360s draw or any, any of the sprint car races that you need to have a front gate drawing to us it can't be just relied on the back gate no you can't just stack it with a bunch bunch of classes of cars and, and hope to make it work so that sucks i mean that's probably what two three at least have been canceled yeah i think they're they're up to three maybe even four i, I haven't really kept a whole eye on the schedules because they change every week so 
But fortunately, I, I saw later that they were hoping to, you know, by August or so, be able to get things and get sprint car racing up there. So obviously, they want to see him back up there. Yeah, and another big race in Knoxville Nationals. I know that Iowa, um, for the state fair, they're making a decision on June 15th. So I have a feeling that if we see that fair get canceled, we're going to see the Nationals not go. I don't, yeah, they've said, you know, repeatedly that they couldn't do it with crowd restrictions. And I don't, there's, I don't think there's enough pay-per-view, enough anything to make that, especially an event of that size happen. And that would just be, it would be a first time. Yeah. And what, this be the 60th, 60th year? 60th year this yeah. year. Yeah. First time in 60 years that that race has been canceled. And um, I mean, obviously nothing's happened yet, a decision, but I do believe a decision's going to be made by July 1st. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would see July 1st. That's probably the latest on that decision because you're going to have, you know, international travelers coming in if they can. Um, yeah. Yeah. How did, how did Skylar G slip through? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you got Thomas Kennedy Tom, stuck up yeah. there in Canada, but Skylar G somehow, you know, snuck across the border. <laughs> You can just imagine, you know, hopping over a hopping over a fence in Montana or something. Yeah, like that. and but, I don't know how you would get that whole race rig across the border no. <laughs> without being seen. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that those are the kind of things that you you have to deal with, and not not to mention all the logistics beforehand, the food and the things you got to order, and T-shirts and all that other business. So it's and and not to mention that have a serious impact on the fairground in the Knoxville, you know raceway from from that standpoint it it hurts i mean a lot of these businesses are already hurting and it'll kick knoxville pretty hard yeah definitely maybe they could do like eldora with the dream run two of them next year yeah that'd be two nice. knoxville nationals two knoxville nationals 61st and the 60th and 61st uh, yeah do one in you know april do one in august yeah i'd be down with that <laughs> two, two trips to knoxville in a year i'm all right with that that'd be all right all right, we're going to jump on the Forward Byte hotline, and we want to thank Mark Vanderheiden, uh, our guest last week, talking about Forward Byte. He uh, sent us some swag, a uh, pretty cool T-shirt and an awesome hat, some stickers. Uh, High-quality stuff, too. I mean, this isn't just, you know, some cheap T-shirt with, you know, the logos printed. These were, these were nice, nice gear, so I was really pleased with it. Thank yeah, you, Mark. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Mark. Uh, so uh, if you're interested in checking anything out about Forward Byte, check out forwardbytecode.com. Uh, make sure you use the code QUICKTIME10 on checkout. Save yourself 10%. And with that, we're going to talk to Stu Snyder. Yeah, you damn right I got what happened out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammate, Steve Kemp. Uh, Nobody wasn't happy with me for crowding them, but shit, I want to win. Come here, come here. Come here. Come here. Pisser. Piece of shit. All that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman that can't see. All right, we are joined by Stu Snyder once again. Uh, Stu picked up the victories at the Crawford County Speedway in Denison, Iowa, and the season opener at Eagle Raceway. Uh, Stu, welcome back to the program. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, so it sounds like you had an eventful weekend. Uh, first off, talk about Friday night. You made the trek up I-29 to uh, the Crawford County Speedway. Yeah, we, uh, we were actually planning on going south, down 29, and uh, down to Cameron, Missouri, to run down there at US 36, and they ended up raining out pretty early, so we kind of started looking around on where we could go because um, the car was already loaded and we were ready to rock and roll. So uh, we found a race over in Denison, and I even back there, uh, well, I think the last time I was there, I went flying through the air in a 360. So I ain't been back there in quite a few years, so it was, uh, all right, well, let's load up and we'll head over there. And uh, we had a good night. car was pretty much fast from, from – uh, from the drop of the door, it was uh, 
it was pretty nice. It was definitely uh, just one of those good nights where everything was clicking. And uh, we decided to change a couple things right before the feature after the heat race. And, and it worked. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Dennis and I was another track that you had a rough history with, just like US 36. You said the car was loaded up, uh, ready to go out there, US 36, but you made the track up north. Uh, did you have to change anything in the car or did you just unload and you guys were fast right off the get-go? Oh, we had to change the gear <laughs> right away. We were, we were actually trying to figure that out all the way up there. And, uh, you know, Denison's a lot bigger than what Cameron is. And, and the gear that we had, we wouldn't have basically probably been able to run halfway through the corner before running out of gear. So uh, we kind of just basically talked about it the whole way up there. And finally, we picked a gear, and that was the gear we left in it all night. We hit the good RPM for the highs and the lows right out of hot laps and pretty much carried them through the heat, carried it into the feature to where we didn't have to change the gear or anything. So it uh, it was nice. It was, it was. It was fast right out of the gate, you know, after we changed the gear. And, and we changed some stuff around right before the feature track kind of slicked off a little bit, and, and it had – somewhat of a cushion up against the wall in one and two and then the bottom the bottom was basically the only place to be there um pretty much the whole feature it kind of started to form a little bit of a, a rubber line through the middle of three and four that you could kind of get up there with your right rear and get on but after uh well i think we we ran pretty much green to almost checkered and we had a yellow with one lap to go and then it seemed like the ground, the green, white checkered, either the tires cooled off or, or the rubber line that was kind of there in three and four was gone. But we were able to, to get a good restart. And uh, I just sailed the top of one and two and Blurton, Blurton went for a slide to try and take the lead. But thank God, you know, it gave me a little bit of room on the outside. And, and I just kept it to the floor, put it up against the fence and we were able to get back past him and, and then kind of, kind of pulled away a little bit there. But, uh, it was just a good night overall, you know. It's just one of them spur of the moment kind of deals where we just decided to, oh well, let's go up here and run, and it actually turned out good for a change. Well, that's fantastic, Stu, and congratulations. And um, you took uh, took the same show to Eagle the following night, and uh, tell and you, the rubber line uh, made me think about that because it sounded like uh, you figured out where it was toward the end of that uh, A feature. Yeah, I, we. Uh, we unloaded there and we were fast I and mean, really the only thing we changed from denison to to uh to eagle was just the gear um well and and, and some other things uh just some minor things other than you know we basically just went back to what we normally run at eagle what we had been with that car last year when uh when it was new we just went back to the baseline and unloaded and it was fast and and we had we kind of got lucky in the heat race with a with a complete restart re-racked us and and uh, restacked us and we were able to get that that win and and i just was kind of gauging where trevor was a little bit better and where danley was a little bit better than me off the corners and i was just kind of hanging out and i wasn't trying to to blaze the tires up and build a whole bunch of heat you know and build a whole bunch of tire pressure there throughout the feature and then uh me and danley started racing pretty hard there he was on the bottom and i was on the top and i kind of got worried well if i keep you know racing with him just kind of hanging out then maybe trevor's going to get out there where we're not going to be able to reach out there and get him so then it was kind of all right well the line i'd been running was working pretty good i stuck to it kind of moved down just a little bit in one and two um and you know down there in three and four it kind of started to take a rubber line there through the middle 
kind of where nobody had been running. You know, I, I kind of found that, I found that line early and I kind of went away from it to, to keep running with Trev. I was just hoping that it was still going to be there. And thankfully it was, we, uh, we were able to get back through the middle of three and four. And then of course, you know, rip the top like Trevor was down in one and two. And once we were able to get by him and, and get, get out into clean air, it was, it was a lot easier to, uh, to, you know, maintain, I guess what we were hitting and where I was hitting on the track. Yeah, definitely. I want to, I want to rewind it a little bit and go back to your heat race. Uh, you had Tim Fricky start on the pole and you were right behind him and the green flag comes out. He just doesn't take off and you, you, you know, you ran in the back of him. They ran a complete lap. I was waiting for it to get called back right away. Then they ran that first lap and I'm like, Oh, or Stu just got fucked here. What was going through your mind? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it was one of them deals where I was like, well, I'm hoping they throw the yellow. And then, so I kind of tried to get myself back together and get gathered in my mind. Okay. Well now I'm running like dead last. Now I've got to do something spectacular to get back into at least the position I was in from the drop of the green. And, uh, think you know thankfully they threw the yellow and restarted the race and and uh it had a lot of people you know that were kind of there was everybody was asking about that well why'd they do that why'd they wait so long so i i went back the other night uh sunday night and i was watching the replay that eagle had up and we went a lap and a half and then they decided that they were going to restart the heat race which i mean obviously it helped me um you know it helped me it put me on the pole and yeah. we were able to get into clean air right away, and we were able to take off with that thing. But uh, I think I think what they were trying to figure out in that meantime of the lap and the half was, well, should we restart this thing and 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 whatnot, you know? And and you know, they're they're trying to make split decisions while we're only turning fifteen or sixteen second laps. So yeah, definitely for sure. I they think... don't have a whole lot of time to to try and make a decision like that. You know, it helped us. It hurt. It hurt a couple people. I talked to Tyler today, Tyler Drukey, and and he said it kind of. You know, it, it did hurt him. Yeah. You know, it kind of killed his night. He had a he had a really good start there on the first initial green flag, and and was running pretty decent. He was up already into a redraw position, and he said, you know, after after that caution and after they restacked us, he wasn't able to get back up through there the way that he had. And he basically said he just drove his tail off to try and get back to fourth, so he'd at least be in the feature. Yeah, I think that was a case of they they have a new flagman out there, maybe a lack of communication between him and the the people up in the tower and whatnot. Hopefully, they'll get those issues ironed out a little bit, and we'll be on a yeah, more consistent sure. basis here moving on forward. First night, first night deal for the new flagman, like you said, and then the guys upstairs, they they'll figure it out. They'll they'll get it right to where they won't hopefully have that happen again. Yeah, when I saw it, I thought, you know, they're going to let this go. Yeah, so it didn't surprise me when they called it back. I was, you know, it's like, well, they're going to let it go and lap, and then they throw the yellow. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. that's what you should have done to begin with. So Yeah, yeah, they should have just, you know, that's something I think the flagman will pick up on. I, I haven't actually met him. I don't know how much flagging he's done, I guess. Uh, you know, he was Billy's backup, but I don't know how much, you know, on-the-spot flagging that he's done with him leading the – leading us or whatnot you want to you know whatever you want to call it but i think they'll get her figured out you know like first night jitters for the guy probably and he didn't know what really to do in that instance i mean i think the whole inside line ended up in the infield yeah definitely when, i mean yeah. once, I once Ricky stopped. Gauge, yeah I, w- I was trying to gauge myself to be able to get away from him and then i got slammed in the rear bumper and it actually hooked um it hooked us up on top of his rear bumper 
So I think it took all three or four of us into the infield. And then finally, somehow I was able to get off of him and get out and then get back on the racetrack. And what they did was right. You know, they, they, they needed to re to restart that deal. It just took them a little bit of time to figure it out, I guess, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, let's move over to the feature a little bit. Like I said, you found that rubber, uh, late in the race and you made your move. I, I didn't actually see the pass for the lead. I was, uh, I was watching you down to one and two and you, you were getting on, you know, Grossenbacher a little bit, made a pass. You get back by you on the exit of two. Just talk about your, your pass a little bit. Um, and when you finally got around them for good. Well, I think, I think in the last couple of years, that's one of the first, first features, I guess, and yeah, that I could say, and, and for sure the last year to where I've actually kind of hung out and tried not to burn the tires up and get them hot and get the tire pressure built up to where the car would possibly go away. You know, I was just trying to gauge with him how fast I was and where he was just a little bit better than me. Um, you know, we were able to rip through one and two, just like he was. We were a little bit better um, getting in, but he was a little bit better coming off. And then down in three and four, you know, me and him pretty much ran the same line for probably the first 10 laps. And then I just kind of started searching, moving around a little bit. And then uh, I knew there was something through the middle, but I didn't want to show him and then possibly have a caution or, you know, have something happen to where I didn't get him past. And then maybe he moved down into the middle. He took the line, and then, of course, you know, he might have won. Exactly. So I, I tried to to gauge, okay, where am I going to be at coming off of four or getting, you know, coming off of two to where I know for a fact that I can get by him and around him, you know, and then be fine and, and hopefully not a yellow and then put him back in front of me to where I showed him the line. But I, I tried a couple slide jobs in one and two. And I gave him, you know, I gave him room to get back by because I just felt at the center of the corner that I didn't have, you know, I guess the ground speed to be able to cleanly slide up in front of him without him having to jab the brakes or us touching bumpers or something dumb like that, you know. Didn't need to do any of that. Yeah, um, no need but to tear I up noticed, stuff right away. Yeah, you know, and, and especially with Trev, he races me clean. I'll race him clean. I like to race everybody clean. Um, so I was just trying to kind of gauge okay, I know I can't slide him really good down in one and two, and it's just not really worth it to to possibly put us both in the fence and take us both out of contention to win this deal. And then I kind of started getting pretty good runs off of turn four underneath of him. And I thought, all right, well, I'll just, I'll let him, I'll let him go. I'll get back in behind him. We'll go through one and two again on the top like we had been together. We'll go down into three and I'll go to the bottom. And I'll just see, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of show him my nose and see if maybe he moves down or if he stays where he's at. If he stays where he's at, I'm going to have to run through the middle and just try and get him off a of four. And, the, the, you know, the very next lap, that, that's what he did. He ran down in there to three and kind of went to the bottom or the middle or whatnot. And, and it just left me a clean lane around the outside to where we were able to, to get, you know, cleanly by him. And then I was able to get into one pretty much after I got him off a of four, I ran the rest of the race as hard as I could. Yeah, definitely. Like, could just because I knew he was going to step up in the seat. He was going to drive the wheels off of it. I knew that uh, there's not very many of, of the guys out there that can rip the top when it's, when it's like that, you know, when it's, when it's close to the fence and, and you're inches from it and be able to hit it correctly to still keep the momentum. 
to where you can get off the corner, you know, up there. Cause most of the time it, when it's that far up the bottom, the bottom's just a little bit better, you know, then the top just gets to be too far around. So I knew as soon as I got him, I had to run that thing as hard as I could into one and two on the fence. And then of course, you know, move down to the middle and come try and try and get into the middle of three and try and get off the bottom or the middle of four. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. Thankfully, that, that it worked out and the changes that we made right before the feature, uh, you know, after the heat race, we, we did change quite a bit of stuff just by looking at what the track was going to do and and then kind of figuring out how if it was going to take rubber, how much rubber it was going to take, how hard it was going to take it. We kind of knew where it would, but we didn't, you know, we didn't know that it, we were hoping that it wasn't going to get completely locked down to where we were all follow the leader. Um, I think we still put on a hell of a show for the fans and, you know, Roger did a hell of a job prepping the track the way that he did. It was, it was racy pretty much all night long. He went out, you know, and he did his, uh, he did a little bit of track prep there during the intermission, like he always does. And, and, uh, it made it, a, I think it made it a hell of a show. I mean, not very often you go green, white checkered. No, it was fantastic race. I was telling earlier and, watched you know three three a features that night at knoxville outlaws and and eagle and i'm like this was the eagle one was the best one by far yeah yeah i kind of watched some of the highlights of, of other races around for the sprint cars and stuff and i thought man I, eagle kind of held a candle to all those guys that's pretty good yeah it was a great show you know it, it was a great show i hell i think half the race the top three and top four we pretty much kind of had a blanket over us or we we were only spread out by maybe, you know, a half to maybe at the most three quarters of a straightaway. The top three and the top four were right there the whole race. It was definitely fun to watch. We're actually, the wife's upstairs trying to get the cell phone hooked to the damn TV so we can watch it. <laughs> right on. Um, you can answer, I'm going to ask you this. You can answer it however you want. But as soon as that checker flag flew, you guys all parked up on the front stretch. There's a little controversy. There's a uh, little rumors about uh, you possibly getting DQ'd uh, for a front wing violation. Uh, you want to elaborate on that at all, or should we just uh, glance over that? Well, no, I, I will. You know, I've I've never I've never cheated. Uh, you know, and I don't, I don't want to have that reputation of being a cheater, uh, a cheater or anything like that. We've we've never done it. We've always beat, we've always won races and, and beat teams more than more than most times on on half of what bigger teams had for a budget or or equipment or anything else like that. And and uh, it was it was more probably an oversight by me. Um, at the start of the year, we purchased the same components that we'd been using to mount nose wings on the cars um, for the last couple of years. And we mounted them up and, and I measured it here at the shop and we thought, well, we're close. We think we're good. And then, you know, I asked, uh, we, we did ask when we got out there to Eagle, if we could have the nose wing checked and, and just to make sure, you know, I want to make sure that everything on the car is legal. And at the time they, they, they were busy and they didn't know where the checker was or something like that. And didn't get checked. Well, then in the heat race, <laughs> the exact spud that was mounted to the nose wing was actually what got hooked on Fricky's uh, rear bumper and pulled the nose wing down forward even more. Gotcha. So then, you know, we're in the pits and we're fixing it. And I moved it back a couple holes thinking we were good. Um, you know, it's just, it's one of those deals it may have been too far forward. We don't want it to be too far, you know, too far forward. Um, we don't want to be on anything because we want our car 100% legal, just like everybody else is out there or, you know, whatever. You know, we just, 
we want to make sure we're all on the same plane. And like I said, it either it got looked over when we were putting the thing together. If it if it is, then it's my fault. If it's not, well, I guess it just looks like it. Yeah. Now, now I'm. I i do not think that. Uh, I don't honestly think that it being if it was, you know, way far forward, uh, which it wasn't when we when we checked it here at the shop when we got everything unloaded, um, without having their checker. I wish, I wish there was a way to get that damn thing or at least make one. <laughs> Um, and, and get a couple, you know, have a couple of them. So if, if there was questions or whatnot, guys could take them home during the week, set their nose wings up and everything else, or, or have it readily, you know, readily available. So we can have that, all that stuff checked, you know, before the beginning of the night. But, you know, I don't know, I guess, uh, I don't think that, that, uh, it would have changed the outcome, I yeah. guess, of yeah. the weekend. Um, and if it's deemed, or, you know, if it is illegal come Saturday when we have it checked before we even hit the racetrack, I think is the plan. Um, I think there are going to be a lot of us that are going to have our nose wings checked, which is, you know, which is good uh, Saturday when we unload. Um, and we'll make adjustments. We'll make it right, you know. Yeah, right on. Now, I'm an idiot when it comes to, like, setting up race cars or anything like that. To me, they all look the same. But having that nose ring too far forward or too far back, does it really change how the car drives, or does it give you an advantage or disadvantage? You know, personally, I've I've never had them affect too much. Um, maybe at a place where dirty air and clean air is huge, like Knoxville, or you know the big the big uh, the bigger racetracks, I think you could have an advantage to a disadvantage by either direction. But at the same, you know, token, I guess you're 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 wanting to hook up the tires that have the power to them more than you are wanting to hook up the ones that are turning, because normally they're already loaded anyways, uh, with just the weight of the car, you know, how the cars work, and whatnot. And, may, and maybe I'm confused. Um, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I can tell you that uh, the wing was legal last year with the same damn components, and and we didn't intend for it to be illegal if it's illegal or how far it's illegal we you know that was just if it is it is we'll make sure that it's right and it's not going to happen again yeah you know i i think it's it's one of those cases if you if you don't know why or if you can't make if you don't feel it then i guess it probably isn't uh it, you, you aren't you aren't trying to get an advantage so yeah and and it and it and in some pictures you know i've heard the rumors already this week that pictures are going around circulating through all of you know a few drivers and whatnot and how it looks to the front bumper um i can tell you that all of my front bumpers are a hell of a lot shorter than a lot of other guys's because we chop them down i don't want a front bumper that's out there hanging off the car 12 inches yeah definitely i'd rather rip the damn nose wing off the car you know trying a slide job and having somebody cross over or somebody slide me and I'm trying to cross over and you, you stick that front bumper out there another six to eight inches. Well, now you just, you, you shortened that, that reaction time of when you need to be able to turn underneath a guy. That's a really good To where point. you don't hook their rear bumpers, you know? So, so we buy the double stack stainless ones from, from uh, speedway and I chop them as far back as I can get them. So that gives me, you know, as much time as, as we can gain on that slide job that either is happening to me or, or, or my crossover on somebody else to where I can get back underneath of them or slide behind them or something 
without hooking bumpers. Yeah, that's definitely that's that was that was my whole thing on on the whole front bumper uh, front bumper to nose wing with the pictures and whatnot. You know, a lot of people don't realize kind of what we've got going on there, and and I'm free to share it. That's exactly why they're as close as they are to the front tubes. Yeah, definitely. And Jason, gives you gives you that gives you just a little bit extra time to either okay, I'm not going to be able to cross over underneath of them. I'll just let them in and follow them. Or, okay, now I've got a couple more split seconds here to where I could still duck underneath of them and try and get back by them without hooking bumpers. Yeah, you mentioned photos, and Jason and I both can attest to this. You, you can easily manipulate the way something looks just by the angle you take a photo. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I just I wish there was an easier way for every team to be able to measure them at the shop. There needs to you be know, like ASC, a, a template yes. or something for like yeah, what NASCAR you know, does. Yeah, ASCS has it to where, you know, you measure off the front axle, the face of the front axle to the face of the center section of the nose wing. Yeah, and there's a distance; it's 20 inches, you know, and it's it's a lot easier for us to set them here at the shop. That way, we know we're good, we're golden, and and then we don't have what we had happen to us Saturday night and and whatnot. Yeah, but if it's wrong, it'll get fixed. I mean, that's just how it is. We're not out there to, to shortchain anybody or cheat anybody. and I, I ain't never been a cheater. I damn sure ain't going to start this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll We've got too many partners behind us that are you know our top flight partners, and they continue to back us. We continue to promote them, and, and, and if I was one of them, I wouldn't want to be a part of a team that was just known for cheating. You know, that's just not, that's not how we, that's not how we uh, race. Never have, never will. Yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, we'll we'll just switch subjects here a little bit. Uh, two wins this weekend. You're off the hot start. Uh, what are your plans to continue this uh, the streak you're on? Are you back at Eagle Saturday night, or are you traveling a little bit? Well, our our plan was to run over to Knoxville, um, pull the 360 out again, and see if we couldn't get some more consistency with that. I mean, we've been running we've been running great in both cars so far. Um, we just hadn't had really the top fives, I guess necessarily, and, or the, you know, even the, the wins Hell, we want to win in the three sixty two, but, um, you're going to have to beat Dover to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dover's but, definitely uh, a hot start. Yeah. He, he's, he's rolling, he's rolling, but he always is, you know, and, and if, if you can beat guys like him, uh, you got your shit straight, you got your shit running hard, but, uh, no, I think, uh, we're going to be back at Eagle, um, on Saturday with the three Oh five, uh, Knoxville's deal kind of got, um, the, the world of outlaws went in there and rented the track out again, and they're moving, they're moving their 360, 305 stuff to the next weekend, I think. So we'll be back at Eagle on Saturday. And then, uh, looks like on Sunday, the SSN is up, um, at new raceway park, that little bull ring up there. We had a good run up there a couple of weeks ago or a month or however long ago it was. It wasn't too long ago, but we'll be back up there on Sunday. Yeah, so man. we, we kind of thought about going down to Cameron on Friday um, and running down there, but then we looked at how many classes they had running with them. And, you know, it's that's seven classes of cars. They added the non-wings and, and whatnot. So it just, it would just put us home too late, uh, especially having the kids and everything else this weekend. It would just put us home too late with that. We'd be, I think if we, we kind of snowballed an idea where we'd be home at about 5 AM if they, started and finished when they normally did and then actually added another class in there so we're just going to wait that one out we're going to go back down there the next friday with the ssn for the bud shootout um 
have some fun down there. Hopefully I can finally, finally, uh, kick that monkey off my back. I keep trying to go back to that place and keep running second. Cause that was, you know, that was a place that literally killed me a few years ago. And I just want to go down there and kick it in its teeth once <laughs> and, and be able to beat it, I guess. Yeah. You know, I guess that's what I, that's why we just keep going back. That's and I've right. got so many seconds in the last three years, even, even in the 360 car, uh, 360, 305, didn't matter. We were still running seconds. Damn it. I want to go down there and I want to beat the place so I can say that I beat it. I don't have to worry about it in the back of my mind anymore. And then, then next Friday night the, at the Bud Shootout, that, that'd be a great time to do it. Yeah, definitely. Well, we wish you luck. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, once again, uh, repeat guest on the podcast. So you're first there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, congrats. Heck yeah. So we're just we're full we'll first that. this week. Hopefully yeah. we can, uh, hopefully we keep that momentum going and just, just be consistent. You know, wins, wins are great. Uh, don't get me wrong. That's what we want to do. That's why we do this. But, uh, we all know how humbling this sport can be. You can be on top of the world for a weekend or a week. And then it can literally kick you in the teeth to where you might not even make the show or, or, you know, something else would happen. Um, so we just want to keep the consistency rolling. If the winds keep coming, that's great. But, uh, you know, we're, we're getting this thing rolling here. We're getting it clicking and things are working pretty well for us. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, congratulations on the win. Uh, we wish you luck for this week and next weekend. Uh, so yeah, we'll see you at the track on Saturday. Sounds good. Thanks guys. Congrats, Thanks Steve. for having right. me. Yep. No problem. Thanks for joining us. All right, that was Stu Snyder joining us on the Forward Bite Hotline, talking about his victories in Denison, Iowa, and Eagle Raceway, and uh, his future plans uh, rolling on to Eagle next week, and how you continue his uh, hot streak there. Well, was, uh, the line I always remembered was uh, Doug Wolfgang: "Today you're hero, tomorrow you're zero. So yeah. it's uh, it's always a challenge. Yeah. So we mentioned a little bit earlier about how you can manipulate a photo with the with just the angle you can talk take it. Uh, Jason and I are both photographers, as most of you guys know. Um, there was a photo out earlier done by the Journal Star. They, they did great coverage on the race out there at Eagle. But one photo in particular kind of, you know, stuck out to me and Jason a little bit. Uh, it was a photo of the crowd, and the angle it was taken at, it just looked like there's no social distancing whatsoever going on on the racetrack. And I was there. I can contend 100% there was social distancing. People were spread out. They did a fantastic job. There was nobody congregating in the uh, in the walkway areas or anything like that. And, and you know, even at the end of the night, Roger tweeted out a photo or put out a photo on Facebook on how he asked everybody to just throw away their garbage. One simple, one simple thing people could do to help out, and that place was spotless. Yeah, that that amazed me. And um, the the photo I'm talking about is there's a shot at Eagle Raceway, and uh, it's it's a trick called telephoto compression. And it's kind of like if you look in, you know, say like your backup camera or the uh, side view mirrors of your car, where they say you know objects are closer than they appear. It, this is that's a wide angle this is kind of the opposite effect so it makes things that are far away all appear like it's all stacked together and where i got i saw that and i'm like okay i know what he's doing here and then the caption said despite attempts at social distancing the first race of the season still drew a crowd eagle raceway and i was like well it drew the 1600 that they were allowed and there were attempts at social distancing, not only attempts, but from what I could tell, a success. Yeah, successful attempts were, were handed out, hold handedly out there. Yeah, when we saw, when I saw from the pay-per-view, uh, when they're panning through the crowd and that looked like everybody was keeping their distance, everybody, nobody was congregating. I mean, yes, I'm sure you could probably find somebody to take a six-foot pole and accidentally touch somebody. But for all, anything I could see, 
it looked like they were all uh, playing by the rules. Uh, definitely the attitude I saw on social media was, you know, doing it for the sport. And uh, it everything I saw it sounds like everybody cooperated fully. Yeah, for sure. And and Jason tweeted out that photo. And I, you know, when I got home and was looking through my images, I did take the same image the Journal Star did just because it was it was a good crowd. I'm not going to lie. He, Roger hit a home run well, there. I, I do that on, you know, fan appreciation nights where I make it really look packed. But I also took a photo within minutes of that the original one that I took uh, standing in the infield right right where the scales are at straight on to the uh, to the grandstands and you could definitely see that everybody was spaced out appropriately. Yeah, I mean there was there was no doubt in my mind when when as soon as they they pan across the crowd. I mean, I I always wondered like if he was doing that on purpose to show everybody that that uh, they were doing the social distancing the right way. Yeah, I don't I don't want to say it was fake news, but manipulated news is uh, probably Yeah, the I don't want to get into that fake news term, but it, yeah, and you never know. You you get a photo out there and then somebody else captions it, captions it and you, you don't make the connections. Yeah, d- definitely. And that, I mean, the same thing kind of goes with uh, back to Terry McCarl's race there at Park Jefferson. Uh, Speed Shift sent out a bunch of video clips of the empty grandstands out there to many news organizations. And there was one of them. Didn't use it. They used some old stock footage and it showed a full grandstand. So people got the wrong idea of what we were actually doing out there at the racetrack. Yeah, it's it's sometimes I think that's just laziness you know, or an unwillingness or, you know, even just to just tap in there and, and just say, Hey, let's make sure, did they do this? I mean, dig in for the story. You know, if, if you're going to go look for the gotcha, well, at least try to look for it. Yeah, for sure. All right. That's my rant for the night. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, we're going to wrap this up here. We want to thank everybody for joining in with us. Uh, congratulations once again to Stu Snyder. Uh, Jason, we're going to see you at the racetrack on Saturday. I will be there. All right. So uh, everybody, uh, thanks for joining us and we will catch you on the flip side. Mm-hmm.